From the Spec Network, this is Fragmented, an Android developer podcast where we talk about building good software and becoming better Android developers. I'm Don Felker. And I'm Kaushik Gopal. Welcome to the show. I don't know about you, but fixing bugs is kind of like a um, one of those things where you're glad you get it done because it's fixed, but at the same time, it kind of sucks because you're not working on stuff that kind of pushes your product forward. Anyway, bugs suck. And today's sponsor is here to kind of help us through this kind of really buggy situation. And today's sponsor is Instabug. They are one of the simplest yet most comprehensive bug reporting in in app feedback SDKs that's out there. Now, here's what that kind of really means in layman's terms. Your users and beta testers, whoever's using your app, can submit certain feedback through your application just by shaking the phone. Uh, you know how you kind of get frustrated when like things don't right? You kind of shake your phone a little bit. I, I want to kind of throw mine. I don't throw it because I want to use it, but I feel like throwing it. But anyway, they'll be able to, at that point, um, it will be able to take a screenshot. You can, or they can, draw and annotate and highlight any sensitive uh, data that may be on the, uh, the screenshot or whatever. Um, they could probably even leave you nice, sensitive, happy notes inside of there or ones that are kind of not so happy. But hey, that's up to your users. So they can then also submit those back to you, which is fantastic getting a screenshot, seeing that for some reason your row is 45, you know, density pixels off to the left of where it should be is always interesting and trying to figure that out through the bug report is kind of weird. Uh, Sometimes we like to see those things right there on the screen along with a bug report. And that's what Instabug kind of allows them to do. Instabug will automatically also provide developers with any device details, uh, which would be those, you know, logs that are on your application, any maybe steps to reproduce uh, that can be provided, and a view hierarchy inspection with every report, which is pretty fantastic knowing that, hey, this view for some reason is 45 density pixels off to the left, etc. Uh, they provide, of course, crash reporting. And what's nice is it's automatically sent to you along with a complete stack once the crash occurs. So kind of common stuff for a lot of these bug companies, but they do offer a lot of other things here. The other great thing here, which is super simple and things I like about Instabug is it takes one line of code to integrate the SDK. To me, that's a huge win. Anytime I have to pull down an SDK, throw in, hey, put this line here and then add a line over here, then add 12 lines over here, you know, then do a dance and tap your head while you're rubbing your belly. That's kind of just too much. It's one line of code with Instabug. Bing, bang, boom, you're done. Now, more than 20,000 companies rely on Instant Bug to enhance the app quality and rate, iterate faster. And some of those include big companies such as Lyft, eBay, and T-Mobile, and many more. Another cool thing is here is Instabug does have a free plan for mobile developers, and they're actually giving something away with today's promotion. You'll receive a t-shirt with their motto that says, I squash bugs for a living. If you go to instabug.com, dot com slash fragmented sign up and integrate the sdk which again is only one line of code so you can get your free t-shirt of i squash bugs for a living by going to instabug.com slash fragmented in today's episode you're going to learn how you can get help more effectively with an sscce say what yeah exactly hang in there i'll tell you what it's all about Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us here today on another episode of Fragmented. Today, it's going to be a quick little fragment. I'm going to talk about how to get help very quickly with any problem that you're kind of having 
and it's most likely going to have a very high success rate. This is from my own experience, and uh, I'll kind of give you some background information and, and tell you how you can do it here. But first, let me tell you a little story here about how, how we got to this, this kind of story, this situation today. Uh, many years ago, close to 10 years ago, I mean, I've been programming for over 18 years now, and I've got to the point about 10, maybe 15 years ago, where I ran into situations when I was coding, and I still run into them today, where maybe the nav bar won't change color, or I can't get something to work, or the logic's incorrect, Kotlin's not doing what I think it should be doing, or Java, and it's running some really weird issues. And after I've exhausted all of my resources, I've searched on Stack Overflow, I've read the manual, I've looked around, and finally I'm ready to kind of go out and ask for some additional help. And maybe pairing isn't an option because maybe I'm a single developer on this project or it's a side project or whatever. I don't have anyone else I can lean on, so I need to ask the public for some help. The best way that I found out to do that was to kind of create a simple project, maybe a, a brand new fresh project, and just include the components and the pieces where I was having a problem. Um, and usually a couple of things would happen when that would happen. Uh, a, sometimes I'd solve my own problem because I'd realize I made a simple mistake by removing all the extraneous stuff. And B, if I didn't, I was able to have this little sample project I could share with people and they could run it and say, hey, yeah, Don, you kind of did this thing backwards over here, try this, or this is what you did wrong, and they'd show me. This is the same kind of thing that happens when you go to Stack Overflow and you post your stuff online. Um, but what I ended up finding out years later is there's actually a, a name for this, and I'm not sure when this was exactly coined, but friend of the show, Michael Bailey, um, showed me this one day, and I thought, wow, I'm like, that's exactly kind of what I've been doing for many years, but this example and explanation of what it is is perfect, so I'm going to go ahead and explain that to you today because it just makes a lot of sense. Um, now, first, there is a website that I love to share, and I know that Michael has shared with me many times and seen him sharing it, and that's called ssccee.org. Again, that's ssccee.org, and that's called the SSCCE. And what that means, the abbreviation is short, self-contained, correct example. Short, self-contained, correct example. So if you're having problem with your code, um, what this means is you can prepare a short, self-contained, correct example to whoever you need help from, and it'll be very, very useful. So let's take a look at each one of those words, starting off with the word short. Now, this really kind of depends, like short example depends on the medium in which you're posting it on, but most likely it's going to be online. The key thing to note here is there has been some research that has said that a lot of readers will stop reading by the time they hit 100 lines of code. Honestly, if I see close to 50 lines of code, I'm already kind of getting like, wow, this is a lot of stuff. If you're going to hit me with a wall of text of 250, 300 plus lines of code, like I'm already like, wow, there's something crazy going on here. Uh, and a lot of people are going to skip it. This happens a lot of times on Stack Overflow. You may run into someone who's having a similar problem. You'll run a Google search. You'll see that that question has kind of been hanging out for six to eight months with zero answers. Um, most likely, that example is way too large and has way too much stuff going on it. And what this means is the example needs to be short. So let's say that you have an application, you have Dagger in it, you've got RxJava, you have, you're doing some crazy stuff with, you know, Android architecture components, and you just kind of got everything kind of just working and flowing smoothly, but you're just getting this really weird error on the screen where you're working with some type of layout for whatever reason. Um, Dagger has nothing to do with it. RxJava has nothing to do with it. 
do with it. You know, architecture components probably don't have much to do with it. Maybe they do, who knows? Um, but what this means is start stripping out the stuff that you don't need that isn't applicable to the example. So in my example, I would create a new Android project. I'd pull over the things that I, I know are the problem. So I'm no, I might need, you know, this, this view and I might need some data model. I might need all kinds of different kinds of stuff like that. And as I pull it into this new project, a couple of things are going to happen. Um, one, you're just going to, A, you're going to simplify the example a lot. You're going to turn it into just a few lines of code saying, hey, this is where the problem is at, um, et cetera. And as you start adding more stuff to your sample project, you may actually see your error in your ways. This happens to me a lot of the time when I go to Stack Overflow. I'll start posting in the question that I have. I'll get three quarters of the way through posting the question. And then I'll look at it and like, oh, well, that's why I didn't do that. I never called the method. Oh, that's why it's not working. You know, something simple. Um, so sometimes you'll solve your problem right away. But however, if for some reason you don't solve your problem, you just made a very very important step in kind of getting there. And what that means is you've created this short example of, hey, this example illustrates where the problem is going to be. And so you can start taking a look at it. This also kind of beckons back to um, something I learned early on in my career in regards to debugging a problem. Let's say I've added a bunch of code. I've got to this weird situation where the app's not doing what it should be. What I've learned over the years, and this is, I thought it was a lot of common knowledge, but unfortunately a lot of folks don't do this, is I'll just start cutting out one line at a time. Like, okay, does this line cause it? Cut it out. Nope. Does this line cause it? Nope. Cut it out. As soon as I start cutting out, I'll keep cutting code out of my project, boom, all of a sudden I'm going to make a change. I'm going to run it again. I'm going to say, oh, problem went away. Okay. If I add that line back, boom, problem comes back. Okay. That line right there is the problem. Okay. Maybe it's a method call. Let's dive into that method call. Let's deconstruct that method as well. Let's cut this line out. So what happens is when you're creating these short examples, a lot of times you'll find yourself doing that already and you'll identify the problem before you get there. So this is, you know, the short self-contained correct example kind of will solve the problem for you when you're already going through it. So, but let's say for some whatever reason uh, you haven't. So now you've created this nice little short problem. You've removed all the extraneous buttons. You've removed Dagger. You've removed RxJava. Because let me ask you this. How many times has someone asked you for help or you've seen an example posted on Medium or some other blog and they say, all right, we're going to talk about how to use constraint layout and this blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden they show you the example code and it's just like riddled with RxJava and like, all this crazy stuff like that you don't work with in your project, you may not be familiar at, familiar with. They're using these weird operators that you're not familiar with, uh, or they're using a custom library you've never worked with before, and so you're completely confused. You the, the example doesn't provide you any any you know value unless you can understand what's going on there. So uh, this is also a tip if you are, are writing blog articles too, keep your your examples short and self-contained and make these examples small. It's just going to help learning and understanding the problem much easier. So. Helps with debugging, helps with blogging too. Next, they should be self-contained. So we have the S for short and the SC for self-contained. So what that means is the code should be able to be basically copy, pasted, compiled, and run. So if you're with an Android application, it's not really that easy. I can't just give you a piece of Kotlin code. Well, maybe I can if the function is the problem. But if it's an application that has a couple of screens or whatever, I can't just give you those things and you can run them on an online you know, compiler or whatever or drop it into an IDE. But if you're using something like JavaScript or something like that, you could do this. But in short, it should be able to be very short. 
to the point where it can be run quickly with a minimal amount of fuss. <clears throat> and so it will demonstrate the example of the problem. Now, here's a key thing to remember. If your application relies on any type of I.O., it's got to go up to an API endpoint. It's got to read files from the file system. It's got to read from a cache. It's got to do all these type of things. You need to pull all those things out. You need to turn re basically replace them with dummy data structures, in-memory data structures, something like that um, that may only work in a self-contained environment. So you don't want to read from that file. You don't want to read from the API. Now, for example, what if the problem, you may be thinking, but Don, what if the problem happens only when the application is under a certain amount of load? Well, then at that point, you need to insert code or write some code that may simulate that amount of load. So you need to force those things to happen if it's practical to do so. Sometimes that can be really challenging, especially if you're debugging a build problem where you have 90 modules in your application. Uh, that's just going to be a little bit of a different situation to deal with. You have to make those uh, as best as possible. And sometimes these things are not exactly easy to create a self-contained example. Um, now, if you do need to you know, write to a database, again, you want to do that inside of a in-memory type of thing here. Um, now, for some reason, there needs to be pulling an image from a remote endpoint. It only happens when the image loads in. Perhaps you need to put the image inside of your application per, you know, pretend or load in an image from a local resource, put a timer on there so it simulates it loading in, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we have the short self-contained. So the application has, or the example short, everything's self-contained. I don't have to uh, rely on my, you know, let's use the Android example again. If you're going to upload an Android project to demonstrate the problem, I shouldn't have to have the, you know, a certain customized version of the Android NDK installed. I shouldn't have to have uh, all these kind of crazy different things to, you know, I shouldn't need protobuf installed unless your problem is with protobuf, then you, that's the, uh, you kind of understand that you need that installed. Uh, I shouldn't have to go out and talk to an API because I should be doing that locally unless for some reason going out the API is, is part of the problem. And if so, then maybe you should use something like WireMock where you can mock out that API endpoint uh, and figure out what that issue is or make it, again, self-contained. Uh, if it's loading images, pull those images locally and simulate loading them remotely. So just kind of make it self-contained. So if I just open that project in Android Studio, I can run it. And I could see that exact issue you're having. I shouldn't encounter a different issue. The next one is the second C. So we're going to have SSCCE. So we've already covered short self-contained. Now we're on to correct. Now, a lot of people may think of like, well, how can the example be correct if it's causing a problem? Now, what this means is it means that the document or the, or the code in itself is correct. And there's a couple of things you try to want to do here. Uh, as the SSCCE recommends is you want to try to keep the line length under 62 characters wide, you know, don't remove the indents or anything like that. Typical like news readers, if you're posting it to a news group forum, uh, that's, you know, not stack overflow, they may force a line wrap around 72 characters or whatever. Or whatever. Uh, you want to make sure you use a common naming convention so things are really easy to see. So don't kind of mix, you know, Hungarian notation with Pascal with camel case, just stick to something that's consistent and ensure that your example is compiling. You know, you shouldn't be uploading an example that just simply doesn't compile uh, and actually causes the exact error message that needs solving. So that's the correct example. So you're actually seeing that, hey, when I run this, I get the correct error message. The code is correct. It does compile, etc. 
Now, there's a couple other tips they also do provide here on the SSCCE, and they also say, hey, move all resources to the same directory so they're easy to administer. So let's say that you're doing this with a, uh, let's just use an HTML or web, web app as an example. You'll put all the CSS, JS, you know, images, everything, just drop it into the same folder just so it's easy to see everything in there. You shouldn't have this complex folder structure, again, and that, unless that's what your problem is, uh, but to make it easier to understand. You know, you don't need 45 modules to explain your problem unless your problem is 45 modules. I hope you see what I'm saying here. You want to make sure that your code is validated. So run it through the lint check. You know, does everything pass lint? Is it uh, is the Java code correct? Is the XML layout code correct? Has it passed Android lint? If it is, good. Let's go ahead and try it. Now, finally, you have that project, you have, we're on to the last letter E, and that's the example. And make sure the code that you've provided actually dictates and displays the problem. Now, this is one of those things that hopefully by the time you're already here, you've already had the example because you've already built that short, self-contained, correct example. The example is kind of already going to be there at this point. Now, what they do state here on the SSCCE, and which is something I actually do a lot as well, I may create this sample application. It does demonstrate the problem. At that point in time, I want to make sure that that example is showing exactly what I want. I may actually run a Gradle clean. I may invalidate the caches on Android Studio just to validate that when someone does import this project for the first time, they get the exact same error I get. Because if someone imports it, they get a different error. It's going to be frustrating to them. Most likely, their desire to help you is going to be much lower, especially if it's on the internet somewhere. Um, and the same thing goes for it's like a web page or whatever like that if you're doing a web app. So make sure it does exactly what you want. And at that point in time, once you're sure that is what it is, go ahead and post the example. Now, some folks kind of say, well, that's a lot of work to to kind of get this example up and running. Now, if you've dealt with anything from the Google bug tracker, a lot of the times the Android team will ask, well, hell, do you, heck, do you have a example of how you can recreate this situation so we can, we can see it in action? This is perfectly exactly what they're asking for. They're asking for a short, self-contained, correct example of, hey, there's a bug in the Android operating system, and here's what I found when this and this and this happens. And the last for an example, and you'll see people upload examples. That's exactly what they're doing here. That's exactly what they're asking for. This is very useful to the teams who are building software to say, oh, you're correct. I can now see that when I click on this button and we do X, Y, and Z, something happens that should not happen. Uh, and most of the time, you're going to get help a lot quicker. And most of the time, you're going to find probably 50% of the time, you're going to actually see the error yourself before you finish the example. So, Again, hope this is something that's kind of really helpful to you. This is called the SSCCE. It's a short, self-contained, correct, compilable example. That's at sscce.org. You'll notice I said the word compilable in there. Um, it's in parentheses. I said I would mention it earlier, and I'll mention it now. Compilable is kind of something you would put in finger quotes because sometimes your error may be during the compilation process. So, it may not be able to be compiled completely for whatever reason. You may be having a build error. You're having some interdependency issues and having some duplicate stuff, something that's breaking the build inside of Gradle or whatever, and you may need to actually demonstrate that. So compilable is kind of one of those, hey, might work, might not work, because if that's your problem is the compilation, well, then you need to demonstrate that it is compilable. But at that point, your build script should be correct, as you should know, uh, as best you should know, to post it online.
Again, that's at sscce.org, the short self-contained correct example. I hope it helps. Talk to you next time. Hey, it's me again. I'm just going to talk to you about bugs. Like the ones with the little creepy crawly legs. The ones that kind of like crawl on your face at night and you wake up and then you smack your face. You wake up and then you can't go back to bed because now you just got woken up because you smacked yourself in the face. No, not really. Not those kind of bugs. Here's talk about Instabug. Instabug's the sponsor for today's episode. Again, Instabug will allow you to submit feedback through the application by shaking your phone violently. Not really violently, I just wanted to say that. And then you can take a screenshot, draw, annotate, highlight sensitive data, send it back with logs, reports, all kinds of good old stuff. Go to instabug.com slash fragmented, integrate the application with one line of code, and they'll send you a free t-shirt that says, I squash bugs for a living. For most of us, that's a 100% true statement. instabug.com slash fragmented. That's it for the show, folks. Fragmented is hosted by Don Felker and me, Kaushik Gopal. We edit and produce all the episodes here on Fragmented. Sarah the Amazing Jackson from the Spec Network helps with production assistance and wraps our final mix. Our theme and ad music is by the national recording artist Blueprint from Weightless Recordings. You can find more Fragmented episodes at fragmentedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode.